0: Well, amen. You may be seated. Are you glad that you came to church tonight? Say amen. Well, I am so glad. I thought about staying home tonight, laying out, but I'm glad that I decided to come. I am. I don't know about you, but I'm just so very grateful for the Church of the Island worship band. Would you just give a little praise for them? If I've not had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Alan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Church of the Island, and I know that I have told the story before, but it may m- me that you've not heard it. But really, in the middle of the pandemic, To be quite candid and honest with you, I began to get a bit overwhelmed. Uh, One of the things they did not teach us in seminary, uh, in training pastors, is that how do you pastor a church when there's a worldwide pandemic? How do you lead a church? How do you build a church, grow a church when the church cannot meet, when the church cannot gather? How do you advance the gospel, advance the cause of Christ when the church can't even gather? And uh, as you're probably aware, we have three campuses. We have the campus here on Dolphin Island. We have a sister uh, church in downtown Mobile and a sister church in West Mobile. And uh, we weren't able to gather. We weren't able to meet. In fact, really the first of the three churches that were able to meet together was Church of the Island, as we made the decision to meet outdoors. We could just spread out and uh, try to be as safe as we can. But let's meet. Let's gather. And uh, but again, just pretty overwhelmed about the situation. And a friend sent me uh, this particular song. And as I remember exactly where I was, uh, driving down the road, and I put the song in and uh, hit hit play. And, and and the Lord just began to minister to me. And I really felt a word from the Lord in that. And that I, I really felt a strong word from the Lord that said something like this, Alan, it's not your job to build the church. It's my church. 2,000 years ago, I came, I suffered, I bled, I died for the church. I established the church. It's my church, and I will build my church. In fact, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, I have given you the keys, the keys to the kingdom, and if you would just simply align yourself up with my will and be a part of what I am doing, I will build my church. And so my prayer is begin to shift, and I just begin to pray ever since then. I pray every day, then, Lord, build your church. Lord, you build your church. Show me what I am to do and your people, but, Lord, build your church. And as we are in many ways kind of rebuilding, our nation is rebuilding, our our state is rebuilding. In many ways, churches in America are trying to rebuild, especially even in the second wave of, of COVID. Uh, what does the future look like? And so in the midst of that, as I began just meeting and praying with the Lord, I began to ask the Lord this question, what's next? What's next for Church of the Island? What is next for Church of the Island? What do you have for Church of the Island? And so God began to show me in Scripture uh, kind of a common theme. And the theme was that what is next for Church of the Island is beyond Church of the Island. It is to outlast Church of the Island. It is to impact the generations to come, to, to impact, to invest in the generations to come. In fact, there's one particular verse in particular that really God says, this is this is the idea. This is, this is the direction of what is next for Church of the Island. It's in Psalm 145 in verse number four. I love how the message, Eugene Peterson's message kind of... Uh, uh, translates this, paraphrases this, but it says, generation after generation stands in all of your work. Each one tells stories of your mighty acts. And I want you to kind of give attention, if you would, to that that word stories, that word stories. God is still writing the story. Even though Church of the Island is a is a relatively new church, God is still writing the story of Church of the Island. And God is still writing your story. And God is writing my story. If you still have breath in your body, uh, God is still writing your story. And God intends, as He's writing the story of your life, that your life would impact the generations to come. That's the story that God wants to write in your life, that your life that God would write it in such a way as that your life would impact the generations to come. And God wants that for Church of the Island, that we would impact the generations to come. Now, how how does God do that? Well, God does that through, listen carefully, the power of the seed, the power of the seed and sowing seed. In fact, Jesus explained it. Jesus talked about it. It's a principle. It's a it's a it's a lesson. In fact, we're going to examine it together tonight. It's found in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter thirteen. Matthew chapter thirteen. If you have your Bible tonight, uh, find it and find Matthew chapter thirteen. As we think about you and I living our lives in such a manner as to impact the generations to come. And what God has next for you and what God has next for Church of the Island is to very intentionally impact the generations to come. Matthew chapter 13, we're gonna begin reading in verse number three, and just in honor of the reading of God's word, would you stand? And I'll begin reading in verse three, you follow along. And he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And may God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now, if you have a pencil or you have a pen with you, there's some things that I think you and I need to consider as we think about what God wants to do in your life and what he wants to do in my life and what he wants to do in the life of our church. And what I want you to understand is that this story, this parable that Jesus told, is really a parable of faith. It's really a story about faith. You see, this farmer who went and planted the seed, he had what? Faith In the seed, as he planted the seed, he had faith that this seed had life, that this seed had potential, and that if he planted this seed and cared for it and nurtured it and watered it, it would bear fruit. And if you and I are going to live lives that impact the generations to come, here's the secret. The secret is is that you and I need to be continually planting seeds of faith. That's what God has for you. That's what God has for me. That's what He has for Church of the Island. Is that you and I, as often as we can, we are planting seeds of faith. Now, this parable that Jesus told is really, in many ways, it's it's a parable of of God doing the sowing. That uh, it's the word of God and how it how it affects different lives and, and different people. But what I want to do. Tonight, something a little bit different is that I want to flip the script and I want to ask you three very important questions. And the first question is this now, listen to me, what are you planting? What are you planting? Because, listen, if I'm going to live a life that impacts the generations to come, then listen, I need to ask myself the question what am I planting? Every day, every moment, with every action of my life, I'm planting something. Every day when you get up, every action you take, you are planting something. And the question is, what are you planting? What are you planting? What am I planting? Now, we know this about seeds. Seeds have power. Seeds have, have potential. Now, why is that? Why? Because seeds have, have life. I, I want you to picture, if I were to have in my hand tonight, I want you to picture that if I had three or four, maybe five seeds in my hand. And let's say over in this hand, my left hand, I had two or three little little pebbles, little rocks in my hand. Well, when you go and you plant seed, you know if you water that seed, if you care for that seed, you cultivate that seed, that seed's going to do what? That seed's going to bear fruit. Now, why? Why will that seed bear fruit? Because it has in it life. It has potential. It has power. Now, if I were to take these little pebbles and I were to go plant these rocks in the ground and I were to water them, I were to care for them, I were to cultivate them. Now, would they grow? No, they wouldn't grow. Of course they wouldn't grow. Why? Because there's no life in the rocks. Now, look up. Let's let's just get close for a minute. There are some of you, with your life, you are planting rocks. You're planting rocks. Now, they're not not bad things. They're not evil things. They're good things. You're, you're, You're planting good things in your life. But the reality of it is, it just has no life. It has no eternal value. It has no eternal worth. And what God is teaching us and what he's saying is that, listen, even the good things in life, We can't spend so much time doing those things and crowd out the things that have eternal value, eternal consequences. I want you to imagine tonight if I had a very large rock, I mean a big rock, and we were to dig a big hole and we were to bury that rock, we were to plant that big rock, that big boulder, and water that boulder and cultivate it, I mean, care for it, would it it do anything? No, the size of the rock doesn't matter. The rock has no life. It bears no fruit. And there are some of you, you are planting a big rock. I mean, you have a big name, maybe a big career, a big reputation, a big bank account. But listen, what I'm saying is this. If all you're doing is planting things that have no life, then your impact will be over when they put you in the ground. So the ultimate question that you and I have to ask is this. The things that I'm planting in my life with my actions every day, do they have life? And how do I know that the things that I'm planting, how do I know if those things have life? Well, you have to ask yourself this question, the seeds that I'm planting, are they selfish seeds or unselfish seeds? The seeds that I'm planting, selfish or unselfish? John chapter 12. John chapter 12, Jesus said this. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains, what, alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Here's what Jesus said. For that seed to bear fruit, whether it's a hundredfold, 60 fold, 30 fold, for that seed to bear fruit, it must be planted in the ground, it must die, and even Jesus talked about the fact that it, it's alone. It's alone when it dies, and as it dies, and when it dies, and after it dies, then it brings forth true uh, life. So if I'm going to plant in my life seeds that have life, then I need to plant those things That are unselfish. So the selfish desires that I have, the selfish wants that I have, those have to be put to death. Those have to be put aside. And I need to make sure in my life that I am planting those things that have eternal value. The things that will, watch this, last forever. The Bible teaches that there are two things that will last forever. Two things that will last forever. The first is God's Word. The Word of God lasts forever. Write this down in your notes. Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter 40 in verse number 8. Look at the screen. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God will stand. How long? Say it. Forever. I've got great news for you tonight. You came. You've got your Bible open. You're studying the Scripture. We're studying the Scripture together. We're meditating on it. We're, 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 we're uh, uh, learning about it together. I've got great news for you. The time that we're spending tonight in God's Word will last forever. Because here's what God does. It's never wasted. Any moment that you spend reading, studying, sharing God's Word is never a wasted time. Because it has eternal value and the Word of God will last forever. 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 So there's two things the Bible teaches that will last forever. One is the word of God. Number two, people. People will last forever. Now, they're either going to be in heaven or they're going to be in hell but people will last forever. So watch this, look up here. If I'm gonna live my life in such a way as to impact the generations to come, I need every day, as often as I can, I need to be planting seeds that have life and that have eternal value. I need to be spending time and investing in the word of God and people. So the first question I have for you tonight is, what are you planting? What are you planting? Second question I have for you tonight, where are you planting? Where are you planting? A seed has life, it has power, it has potential. But if that seed that has life, it has power and it has potential, but if it's planted, listen to me, if it's planted in bad soil, it won't bear fruit. So the seed is important, but the soil is important. And this story that Jesus gave actually describes different kinds of lives that, uh, that receive the seed, uh, different kinds of soil. The first is what I like to refer to as the calloused life, the calloused life. Now, Jesus explains the parable beginning in verse number 19. In fact, look at verse 19 as he explains this type of person. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart, and this is what was sown along the path. What Jesus is describing there is someone who, is, who has zero interest in spiritual things. They have zero interest in spiritual things, and that's the reason, listen, hey, there are some of you, you know someone like that that's in your family, Maybe you work with someone like that. They have zero interest in spiritual things. So when you try to share with them the gospel, you try to share with them the word of God, you try to invite them to church, you try to just talk about spiritual things with them. They have zero interest. They are living, watch this, a calloused life. Zero interest in spiritual things, and the kind of seeds that they're sowing in their life are selfish seeds. Now there's a second kind of life that he describes. And that's what I refer to as the comfortable life. The comfortable life. Now this person is a Christian, right? They they've trusted Christ, but they've not grown their roots deep in Christ. So when there's a problem, when there's a difficulty, that uh, they just bail. I mean, they just leave. Look at verse 20 and 21. Jesus described it this way. As for what was sown on rocky ground, This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. There are people that we've met. There are people that we've baptized in the last three or four years at Church of the Island that I believe they trusted Jesus, but they didn't attend a life group. They didn't study the scripture. There was no no discipleship. There was no, you know, uh, growing of their roots in the faith. And so when a problem came in their life, a difficulty came in their life, guess what? We can't find them. We hadn't seen them. Because they believed that if you become a Christian, you become a Christ follower, that all of your problems are going to go away. Well, there are some very popular preachers out there on television, on social media, that teach that and preach that. But can I tell you what Jesus said? Jesus said this, you follow me, I promise you there'll be trouble. I promise you there'll be problems, right? I mean, listen, Jesus said, don't be shocked, don't be surprised. Trouble uh, comes my way. It'll come your way. And so they just are looking for a comfortable life. And you need to know this, when it comes to the things of the Lord, the Lord is not so interested in you being comfortable, but what the Lord is interested in is, is developing your character. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you know this, but the Lord himself will often send storms into your life. He will send a problem your way. And he does that because he's not so concerned about your being comfortable, but he is about developing your faith and growing your faith and growing your character. So he'll actually send difficulty your way. But there are those who will absolutely bail on God, bail on the faith, because they're seeking the comfortable life. There's a third life that Jesus describes here, and I refer to it as the crowded life. And I believe in many ways, this is you and this is me. This is probably most of us. We're Christians We're believers. We're growing in our faith. But then the thorns of life, the weeds, begin to just choke out our faith and choke out the the work that we were doing in, in sowing seeds of faith. Jesus described it this way in verse 22. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfaithful. And so we start putting the things of God into practice, but life gets crowded. And, and, and our lives get crowded again, not with not with bad things, not with evil things, but our life gets busy with good things. But it gets so crowded, it gets so busy with good things that we miss out on doing the things that actually have eternal value. They say today that Americans are the busiest that we've ever been, and we are busy. I'm busy. You're busy. We're so busy doing our, our various things, but so often we're busy doing those good things, but we're neglecting doing those things that actually have lasting impact and value. If I were to ask you a, a question or give you a little quiz tonight, what, what did you do this past week that's going to last for eternity? Just think for a moment. What did you do this past week that will last for eternity? Most of the time, the things that we do, they may last two or three months, certainly not two or three years, certainly not for eternity. But what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you planting? And then there's the fourth life that Jesus describes, and I refer to it as the complete life, and that's good soil. Look at verse 23. And as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it, he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another case sixtyfold, and another 30. Now, listen, that, that's incredible. I mean, this person is, has good soil. They're planting seed on good soil, and there's great fruit, a hundredfold, 60-fold, 30-fold. They're planting seeds of faith. I mean, that's what God wants to do. God wants to do that in the life of this church. God wants to do it in your life. Now, when you you may ask this, well, Alan, what is, how, how do I know that what I'm planting is in good soil? Well, let me describe good soul in a couple of ways. First of all, listen to me carefully. Jesus is good soul. Jesus Christ is good soul. Anytime you plant in your life in the Lord Jesus and the things of the Lord Jesus, listen, he's going to bless it. And he's gonna bless your life, maybe a hundredfold, maybe sixtyfold, maybe thirtyfold, but anything that you do for the Lord, I have never, can I say, I have never done anything in my life for the Lord Jesus that he has not blessed. Amen? Can I get a testimony? What's good soil? The Lord Jesus. Here's a second the church. The church. Now, there are a lot of great organizations out there. In fact, Church of the Island partners with a lot of good organizations. And, and 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 listen, we encourage you to be a part of organizations. But now look up here. There's only one bride. There's only one bride of Christ, and it's the church. And so sometimes we get so engaged, we get so involved in maybe serving in various organizations, but we neglect the church. And listen, There's only one bride of Christ. And I'm going to give you, again, another testimony. I have never done anything in investing in a local church that God did not bless, that God didn't bless me a hundredfold, a sixtyfold, thirtyfold, investing in the local church. Now, let me talk about the next 18 months. And you're going to see in a moment why this is strategic about the 18 months, and then we're going to wrap things up. We're going to be very intentional about sowing and planting seeds of faith that will impact the generations to come as a church. And we're going to invite you to be a part of it. It's a threefold vision, a threefold strategy for Church of the Island. The first part is to just improve some aspects of our church here, Church of the Island. And one of those is that you're going to really love is that we really want to build a pavilion right here. I mean, wouldn't it be incredible tonight that we actually were meeting under a cover where there were fans everywhere? Can I just get a testimony, amen? And there would just be misters everywhere. You'd be like, you would think that you're in Disney World with all these misters and all these fans. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be great that we could meet every time we wanted to outside and it not be dependent on the weather, whether it was too hot or too cold? where we could do men's events and women's events and students' events and children's events. We could all kind of socials here, this pavilion right here, so we can gather here as often as we wanted to and not be dependent on the weather. And that's one of the aspects of it. There's another aspect in that we want to impart our DNA in helping really revive a dying church in the greater Mobile area. And the reason this 18 months is is crucial is that it's projected that in the next 18 months, over 20,000 churches in America will close its doors. 20,000 churches. They just won't survive. And we're going to partner with Cottage Hill. We're going to partner with Downtown Church. And we're going to pull our resources and we're going to come alongside a church in the next 18 months as God reveals it. We're going to come alongside that church and we're going to help pour new life into that church. Now you may say, well, why would we do that? Well, because listen, if we can keep with God's help and God's power and God's blessing, keep a church from dying, then that church will impact the generations to come and we get a part of that. And here's the other reason. Church of the Island can't be just about Church of the Island. We have to make sure that we are planting unselfish seeds. There's a third aspect of this vision, and that is to very intentionally impact the generations to come, the next generation. And so we're going to do more with our children's ministry. We're going to do more with our student ministry. We're going to take a big, a big project with the Women's Resource Center. We're going to take on a project with our own Alabama Baptist Children's Home. Because Church of the Island in the next 18 months is going to seek to save, rescue, and protect the most vulnerable of the next generation. And you and I get to be a part of that. And I'm challenging you to plant seeds of faith. Last question. Why are you planting? I mean, that's one of the questions that we have to ask. Why are we planting? The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he will also reap. It's just a law of nature. It's a law of God. If you will sow temporary things, you're going to reap temporary things. If you sow eternal things, you will reap eternal things. If you'll sow generosity, you'll reap generosity. It's just a law of nature. It's a law of God. It's like like energy. It's like exercise. If you'll go and, and sow exercise and energy, what will you reap? Exercise, energy. It's just a law of nature. It's a law of God. And again, let me just remind you that there are two things that will last forever, God's Word and people, God's Word and people. And we want to invest in those things that are going to impact the generations. And so, let me just give you this in closing. Tonight, as you leave, we have some material we want to give you. Part of it is this vision I've shared with you about the next 18 months, and it's in more detail, and you can take that with you. There's also a commitment card, and we want you to pray over that, because we want you to be engaged. We want you to be a part of it. Because if Church of the Island is going to make a difference on Dolphin Island and make a difference in South Mobile County, if we're going to impact this world and we're going to impact the generations to come, watch this, it's going to take all of us. Not just Pastor David, not just a handful of us, it's going to take all of us. And what I'm challenging you to do is, number one, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. but plant seeds of faith on good soil. If you choose to do that, there are three things that I can guarantee. If you will live your life with intentionality, planting seeds of faith, three things are going to happen. Number one, miracles will happen. I have seen it throughout my life that if I will step out in faith and be obedient to God and whether I'm giving, whether I'm going, whether I'm serving, miracles happen. You know what? We felt like that God was was leading us to launch Church of the Island. And we took a lot of steps of faith. And there were some of you that were here that were part of that. Kevin and Mandy were a part of that. of us launching Church of the Island. And and you and I talk about this often, Kevin. What did we see? Miracle after miracle after miracle. If you will step out in faith, miracles happen, number one. Number two, guaranteed, Satan will attack you. Satan will attack you. He will absolutely harass you. If you step out in faith and you want to be obedient in your faith, Satan will harass you. Guaranteed number three, your faith will grow. Your faith will grow. Guaranteed your faith will grow. One last question, we're done. We'll look at the screen. Look at the last question. What are you building with your one and only life that's going to outlast you? What are you building with your life that will outlast you? Let I me mean, tell you what we've seen the last year and a half. There's not one of us here tonight that hasn't lost a friend or a family member, somebody we know, in the last year and a half. It may be through COVID. It may be through other circumstances, but there's not one of us here tonight that lost someone. You think about the people. There's some, watch this, they died, there's no legacy. Now people showed up for their funeral, showed up for the memorial service, but what's the legacy? Nothing. We have a, the granddaughter of Coach Bobby Bowden. Many of you saw the news where he passed away early this morning. The family texted me about 5.30 this morning because I had been talking and praying with the family daily for the last two weeks. I don't know if you're familiar with Coach Bobby Bowden, but I'm going to tell you about Coach Bowden. Coach Bowden left a legacy, not so much a football legacy, but everywhere he went, every single day of his life, sharing the gospel planting seeds of faith, an incredible legacy. I don't know if the Lord will allow me to live as long as as Coach Bowden, but I know that in my life, I want to be a part of something that will outlast me. I want to be a part of building something with this one and only life that will impact generations to come. The reason I love Church of the Island is that long after I'm gone, you know what will still be changing lives? Church of the Island. Church of the Island. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that which has eternal value and impacts generations. Amen? Let's bow our heads together. Let's pray together. (coughs) The band's going to come, and they're going to lead us again in a portion of that song we sang just a few minutes ago, Build Your Church. And that's what we want. We want the Lord to build his church. But can I ask you this? Are you a part of it? What are you planting? What are you planting? You planting rocks? You planting seed? Where are you planting? You see, seed's important, but it's the soil. Hey, faith is important, but you know what's more important than the amount of your faith? The object of your faith. Jesus said, you can have the faith that's small, the the, the faith the size of a mustard seed, very, very tiny faith. It's not the size of your faith, it's the object of your faith. And when you take your little faith and you add it to a big God, great things happen great things happen. I would say this, if you're not a part of Church of the Island, not a part of a local church, you should be. That's your next step. You ought to come to Pastor David and say, I I need to be a a part of Church of the Island. And then look, how can you serve? How can you serve? Let's impact the generations. Let's not waste our life. Stand with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, in these next moments, I pray that what you see and how you find us is that we're obedient. Lord, challenge us with these questions. Am I planting seeds of faith? Or am I busy planting rocks? Where am I planting? Why am I planting? What are we doing with our lives that really matter? And what am I building that will outlast me? Lord, Church of the Island is yours. And we want to come alongside you. And we want to be used of you as you build your church. Lord, build your church. We're your church. Build your church in Jesus' name.